So, I was just curious to see if maybe it was on YouTube, and apparently it is. And it got me thinking about, you know, just coming out here and talking about it, because, believe it or not, it's going to be celebrating 30 years in just two years. And that, of course, is the 1995 Looney Tunes short, Carrot Blanca, which is a parody in play on the classic Warner Brothers feature, Casablanca. And to say that this was a unique little short uh, would be, you know, as I usually say in a lot of my videos, an understatement. Because this was one of those um, animated Looney Tunes shorts that had everybody in there. You know, not just, you know, Bugs Bunny, but you had Yosemite Sam, you had Sam the Dog, you you had um, you had the Crusher as a door, as a bellhop, if you will. You had you know you had Daffy Duck, you had Sylvester, you know you had Foghorn Leghorn, you had Pe you know you had Peppy Le Pew, you know you had you had Tweety doing his best um, impression of what's his name. Um, I'm trying to think who who does the uh, um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to. Okay, here we go. You did. I'm trying to look up the saying. Uh, who who says it basically? Um. No, it's not that one. Uh, it's uh, somebody else in it. It was somebody that was in. Oh, Peter Laurie. Yeah, Peter Laurie. Uh, Tweety, you got Tweety in there doing his best Peter Laurie impression and such. And then on top of that, on top of that, you have probably the the biggest surprise of them all, and that is Penelope Pussycat. You know, the girl that Peppy would always chase after because he thought, you know, she was a skunk, you know, with that one exception where she was basically born with a skunk, you know, like pattern on her tail. Uh, but people might say, oh, that's not Penelope, that's another character. No, that's Penelope. They just were coming up with different names at that time, and Faberet was, like, one of the names they went with for that story. But that's Penelope. That's Penelope. Uh, but long story short, uh, Penelope was always, you know, the girl that Peppy would go after. And he was, and they kind of played that up here, I should say, uh, when, he, when, uh, when she and Sylvester first entered, you know, the cafe, if you will. Uh, but what really was, I think, one of the promotional uh, materials used for this little short was the fact that it would be the first time ever that Penelope Faberet uh, would speak. You know, she would have a speaking role, and it was provided by the very talented Trish McNeely, who obviously did the voice of Babs Bunny in Tiny Toons and did the voice of Gadget Hackwrench in Rescue Rangers. And here... She ended up basically voicing Penelope. She was Penelope's first voice. Now we haven't heard Penelope, you know, talk since then. But obviously, they have played up more along the lines that there is something between her and Peppy. You know, uh, much to some people's chagrin. You see it um, in the AT and T Valentine's commercial that they did several years ago. You've seen it, you know, in Bar Humduck, you know, at the end. Uh, but. You know, outside of that, you know, and a few other things, like little Valentine's things, little figurines, statues, and all that, that they sell, you know, as merchandise, you know, outside of that, you know, um, you know, Penelope, you know, outside of that, you know, 
you know, pretty much this was this was this moment here is what I'm trying what I'm trying to say. This moment here, this little play on it, you know, was just to acknowledge that yeah, that's still that was still kind of like a thing at that time. You know, even though she wasn't, you know, disguised as a skunk or anything, you know, it was still a play at that time uh, on it, if you will. Um, but what I did like about it was, you know, it, it it was it was a fun little short. Like I said, it was it was a play on, you know, it was a parody in a play on the classic Casablanca. You had, you know, Bugs in the Humphrey Bogart role. You had uh, Penelope. Uh, in the, I can't think of what's her name right now, but you you had her in that role and Sylvester in the in the role of the guy that she was now with. The only difference, and a bit of spoiler here, if you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have, is you know Penelope's character doesn't stay on the plane with Sylvester, and that the invention Sylvester um, you know had invent had you know come up with, which was going to make him a fortune. It's just a you know little grouchy marks like glasses with a little sock on them and all that, and Penelope doesn't stay with him. What happens is Peppy ends up being like a, a flight attendant on on the plane, and he basically scares her off the plane. She basically jumps off right into uh, Bugs' hand. Bugs basically pretty much knows she's gonna be back, and he's like he's walking off after they part. But as soon as she jumps out and he's still walking, he just like steps aside and she just basically she gets ready to land you know turns around before hitting her back and lands on her feet like a cat does and yeah that's pretty much it they they embrace they kiss they get covered up by the uh, parachute uh but uh, you know outside of that Cara Blanco to me you know honestly is an underrated gem it's an underrated gem because like I said it's one of the one of the rare shorts at that time, one of the final shorts at that time that they did for Looney Tunes that had the entire assembled cast. You know, basically a who's who, if you will. You know, you, that you could see in the background, that was featured. You know, uh, it, 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 to me it's an underrated little gem. And again, I think what really makes it very memorable to a lot of people that have watched it and kind of feel the same way is the fact that it is the first time historically that Penelope has ever spoke. You know, we've had different variations of potential female other leads, you know, that could be a play, you know, within the Looney Tunes uh, cast. You know, of course we had Granny and everything, you know, but outside of that, you know, we rarely had any other female cast members Outside of, let's say, the female Bugs Bunny, Honey Bunny, early interpretation of her in one of the classic 1940 shorts, or or even the later, what, 1950 shorts, where she went under the name of, what, Daisy or something something like that? In that one short where Bugs and this other rabbit were trying to compete for her affections or, or something? And then, of course, you had Honey Bunny, which was, you know... Again, we saw the inter early interpretation of her in other shorts, but then, of course, she was always like a, a mainstay in the comics and stuff, uh, mainly. But then, of course, you had other potential attempts at female, um, you know, female leads a as well. Um, you had, what, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? of the, the, That girl that always went out to uh, Foghorn. That one girl that always went after uh, Prissy. I think that's her name, Prissy, right? 
Yeah, Prissy. Uh, they tried with her. It didn't work that much, but, you know, she still remained popular just because of, you know, the pursuit she would always go, you know, she would always, you know, be um, always, uh, I guess you could say, questing on to, to get a husband and mainly get her uh, feathers on a, on, on Falkhorn. So Prissy was, you know, a good attempt. But I think the I think the best opportunity they had back in that time frame was Melissa Duck. She appeared in not one but two, maybe three Daffy Duck shorts, and that's it. One was the one they were on the beach, and the muscle guy who tries to prove he's stronger gets basically, you know, tries tries to lift too much than what he can, and he gets basically squashed down to to the point that when Melissa asks Daffy, "Oh, what do you call that?" and that the muscle guy just looks up at them and says, "You all call me Shorty," <laughs> you know. Uh, there's that one, then there's the Scarlet Pumpernickel one, and I think there's one more, I'm not really sure. And then I think they even tried it with Sylvester, um, as well, uh, with this, uh, female, yellow female cat, which was basically a female version of his design. And we've seen her not only once in that classic short, which was, you know, shown in Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island, but in Fantastic Island we saw her there too. So, you know, they tried a lot to, to get a female lead, to get a... A female character that, you know, basically a lot of fans would get behind. The closest, like I said, outside of that was Melissa. And to an extent, the earliest example that kind of made a comeback at times, but wasn't really given opportunity to shine, was Petunia. You know, Petunia actually was the first one alongside Porky. But over time, she was kind of like just back and forth. Like you never knew when she was going to make her return. And that's why you always saw these other attempts. And I think Penelope, out of all those attempts outside of Petunia, was probably the best, uh, the, you know, was probably the more successful and best chance they had. And it proved to be a very successful risk and chance that they took. Because, you know, her interaction with Pepe and all that, depending on, you know, you know the scenario and everything you know, really skyrocketed her to, to the stratosphere that that to the point you knew there was no other choice but to have her be, you know, in a lead role eventually for short. You know, outside of her Pepe Le Pew ones, you know, you needed, you, you knew eventually it was a matter of time, it was only a matter of time, I should say, that she would get that opportunity. And she did. She got that opportunity in Carablanca. Now, you might say, well, why couldn't they just bring back Honey Bunny, give her that opportunity? Or why didn't they just bring in Petunia and, you know, uh, have Petunia be a little statuesque and play off that? And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that they couldn't have done that, but I think because of the fact that if you would put it to a vote out of the three characters, or four female characters that I mentioned, five, if you will, who do you think probably would have gotten the most folks to be in that role um, that... Uh, what, what's her name played um, opposite of Humphrey Bogart? You know, you know what? What I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a name. I, I'm going to look it up here. Uh, Ingrid Bergman. Uh, yeah, Ingrid Bergman. You know, uh, who who else do you think could have you know played you know opposite uh, of Bugs in that Ingrid Berg Bergman role that? Um, uh, the Elisa Loon role, Loon role, you know, who do you th- who else do you think could have played that role? You know, outside of the, uh, outside of some of the, 
female characters that I mentioned. Most of the vote would have gone to Penelope. I mean, honestly, I would. Here's how I look at it: the voting would have gone like this, no questions asked. Penelope at top, you know, Honey Bunny second. Well, not Honey Bunny second, but okay. Let me rewind here. Okay, to me, if you would have put it to a vote at that time, it would have been Penelope by a landslide. Uh, maybe Melissa Duck second, Petunia third, Honey Bunny fifth. And then Prissy, or that female Sylvester cat character, uh, fifth. But Penelope all the way. She would have got it by a landslide. And that's why I think they went with her anyway, because they knew, hey, if we put it to a vote, which they probably could have, you know, in office, and maybe with the audience, to who they would choose to be in that position, she would have won anyway. Because, you know, again, her popularity had skyrocketed up to that point to where I think they may have done... Some Pepe Le Pew shorts at that time that were a little new. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, but they did. They had done some recently, and I think also the fact that to when you look at Cara Blanca and you look at the the role that they gave Penelope, you know, opposite of Bugs, opposite of Daffy, and all of them, put her in this big spotlighted role, and really gave her and really let her just you know, have all this range, thanks to Trish McNeely you know, doing her voice, um, you know, just have all this, you know, range and everything to be, you know, as loody as she could be, you know, that, um, I, I think, honestly, Cara Blanca was a testing ground. Now, I know it was in production, way in production, you know, as this was probably premiering, but I think Cara Blanca was a testing ground to see if maybe Penelope would have been in that role that inevitably went to Lola Bunny uh, in Space Jam. Like, if, you know, if she would have, if, if she probably would have proven, you know, herself, which I think she did. And it's a shame that she never got a shot in both Space Jam movies. Maybe she'll get a chance in another Looney Tunes film down the line. But it's kind of a shame that she never really got that shot, you know? But, to me, I think this was like a testing ground to see what would happen if, you know, if, honestly, you know, uh, she, I guess she would, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I think, the, I think this was a test, honestly, to see how the audience would receive her in a lead role. And, obviously, it was good, but not good enough. Uh, to the point that they knew they had to create a new character. And Lola was that character. And... You know, I think that's why when they when you look at all the different, you know, designs for Lola going into uh, Space Jam and how some of them were basically, you know, a modern day updated versions of Honey Bunny, you know, I think honestly that's why Carrot Blanca, in my opinion, was made the way it was and why Penelope was put in that position. Because if they couldn't come up with a final design for Lola and everything, I think Penelope would have gotten that role and that's why they put her here. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, this could have been an easy, very easy, you know, opportunity to debut Lola a lot sooner than Space Jam, you know, and everything, had they come up with her final design at that time, you know, but they didn't. And they went with Penelope, in my opinion, and, and honestly, I think it was a good choice. I really do. You know, honestly, I think it was a good choice. Um, like I said, Trish McNeely, you know, voicing her, knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. 
And, you know, again, I think it was just a testing ground. I think it was a testing ground to see if maybe she could hand, you know, people would, uh, you know, appreciate her and, and view her as being in that lead position, you know, outside of her Pepe Le Pew shorts. But obviously it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And that's why they still went with uh, Lola Bunny, you know, over her uh, in the first Space Jam movie. But, you know, outside of that, outside of all that, and I know I sounded like I rambled for a bit there, almost got a little off track. Uh, outside of that, though, I have to say that, you know, overall, I thought Penelope Pussycat's role and Penelope Pussycat's role in this um, in this new in this uh, animated short, Cara Blanca, I thought I thought was really good. I thought she did a great job. You know, I like the fact that. You know, Warner Brothers finally decided that, you know, they need they need to evolve their characters. And one thing about, you know, evolution with characters is sometimes you've got to basically give those characters that don't speak as much an opportunity to finally speak. And they gave it to her here. And I thought thought it was a job well done. Thought it was a job well done. But, yeah, Carrot Blanca overall, again, like I said, a great parody send-up to Casablanca. Um, really enjoyed it. I mean, they did, basically, they did kind of have the characters, you know, quote, line for line, you know, the, you know, some of the iconic lines from, from the movie itself, like, like I said, Tweety doing his best Peter Lorre, uh, impression when, you know, he says, you despise me, don't you? <laughs> or, you know, Bugs doing the Humphrey Bogart thing, like, out of all the places in all the worlds, he walks in the mine. Or, I don't stick my neck out for nobody kind of deal. You know, and they add that little Looney Tune twist to it. Like, after he does that, you know, like, when he tells Penelope, I don't I don't stick my cottontail out for nobody. And then she starts crying uncontrollably a little bit. Like, really just, you know, sobbing. You know, really good Looney Tune twist there. Because we know what that's leading. Because you see Bugs just, like, stare at, you know, you see Bugs... One ear is going down like this, and he just looks at the camera. He's looking at us, the audience, and all of a sudden you see this image of sucker of a you know of a lollipop of a sucker pop, if you will, just pop up going, wham 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 wham, you know, like it's like it just said uh, it just proved the back fact that he could he's like despite telling her, hey, I'm not gonna do it, you know, just her crying basically made him a sucker, basically turned him into a freaking wuss, like. Ugh. I hate when they do this kind of stuff, you know? Or I hate when she does that kind of stuff. But, again, a nice send-up and parody, you know, with a, you know, by the Looney Tunes to a great classic, you know, culture, pop culture film uh, in Casablanca with Carrot Blanca. Really appreciated it. And you honestly, like I said, you can find it here on YouTube, as, you know, as far as I know. You could also find it, I think, on Boomerang, a streaming service. I don't know if you can find it on HBO Max. I don't know. But you can find it on the Boomerang servers, I believe. Uh, you could also... You could also uh, find it on various DVDs uh, out there. Like, there is a DVD called Looney Tunes Parodies. You can find it on there. Um, and, in fact, they actually promote it as, like, one of the features there. So you can find it there. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I, and yeah, you can find it probably on Amazon as well and stuff. But my advice is to check it out. You can even you can even if you have a specific version of Casablanca, you can find it on that on a 
specific version of Casablanca as a special feature. Yeah, you can. So if you have that that version of Casablanca that has that uh, bonus of Carrot Blanca, I would suggest checking it out. Like I said, it's a great send-up, a great parody, great Looney Tunes twist to an iconic classic film. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. You know, comment if you like live chat during the premiere, like the video, hit the uh, Teespring, hit the uh, Teespring, um, <laughs> you know, the Teespring uh, uh, box up, you know, the icon up on the upper left-hand corner to go to my Teespring store. That's what I was trying to say. Also, check me out at BW Roses Discussions Podcast and all your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora, where you will get an audio version of this review. Uh, there later on. Also check me out at divanock.com guys at BVW1979. Also check me out at my uh, Vimo channel at BW Roses for content you can't get here on YouTube. Also check me out at Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2 Cash App at BW Roses 98 to support me financially there. And at Patreon.com at BW Roses you know for the $1 or $3 tiers. But guys let me know what your thoughts are on Cara Blanca. What did you think about it the first time you saw it? What were your thoughts on, you know, finding out that Penelope Pussycat was going to, you know, speak for the first time and be voiced by the great, great voice actress Trish McNeil? What were your thoughts overall? How did you feel about it? And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. <laughs>